Welcome to the second podcast of Americans United for Peaceful Separation. Hosting with me today is Marcus Ruiz Evans, the president of Cal Exit, yes, California. Um, Alu Axelman, the owner of Liberty Block and the president of Foundation for New Hampshire Independence. And we're very honored to have with us the gentleman we call the hero of the peaceful separation movement for the whole country because he's the state representative in New Hampshire who actually sponsored a resolution proposing a referendum on a constitutional amendment to have citizens vote on secession. So this is State Rep Mike Sylvia. We're very happy to have you with us today. Unfortunately, Mike lost his primary. Mike, you can talk about that as it relates to secession as you are comfortable, as you please. We're here to uh, support, commend, and honor you as we will always be. I appreciate it, Rabbi. Uh, it's uh, a pleasure to be here. Uh, stop by and uh, say hello and goodbye. <laughs> Not necessarily forever, uh, but uh, as far as my uh, term in the legislature, I'll be uh, taking a break. Um, yeah, the, not just uh, secession was a, a little bit of an issue for me in the uh, primary, but uh, we have uh, Governor Sanu here in uh, New Hampshire that's uh, uh, looking for higher office and uh, a little irritated at me. Uh, we uh, filed a, an impeachment charge against him uh, back when the uh, COVID crisis was going on and he was abusing his powers then. And uh, he's tied up in this ski business, which uh, has stirred a lot of folks locally. So there's a, a few issues and uh, I, uh, I don't uh, hold back a whole lot. So uh, I, I guess, uh, I, guess I, I gotta deal with it uh, when it uh, comes back at me. I'm curious, Mike, how much money do you think the quote establishment put up to beat you? And how does that compare to a normal election? Uh, against me specifically, um, it, there's kind of a lot of factors. There's this uh, group that's called Citizens for Belknap. Uh, it's a PAC. They raised uh, $40,000 and, and probably actually more than that because they started before they even uh, had that particular PAC running that's been going for about a year uh, over uh, an issue at a a county owned ski area. Um, so they were looking at essentially all of the Republicans, which uh, the, the county is uh, 18 members of the delegation, as we call it. Uh, these are the state representatives for this county, which make up the legislative, legislative body here. Um, so those 18 members were all Republican and uh, the uh, folks on the left don't like that. So they uh, pretend to be uh, citizens for Belknap and uh, they spent $40,000 uh, and uh, did pretty well at uh, influencing the election. Um, so that's uh, probably not 18 uh, seats that were affected, but uh, all of those polling locations uh, had people out there with their uh, their ballots uh, the way they wanted them. They, uh, New Hampshire also has an open primary, so any undeclared Democrats could come in and vote I in the Republican primary. And who was the PAC or organization that sent out the mailers a couple of days ago? So there was another PAC that uh, friends, some friends of uh, Governor Sununu uh, had uh, put together that was supposed to support him. Um, they sent out a bunch of mailers against uh, some of the folks that were doing um, 
the uh, independence movement who had voted for it. <laughs> Apparently voting for it alone is enough to get you on the target list. Um, and of course the sponsors. And, uh, yeah, and Melissa they, who supported impeaching Dick Peterson, Nunu. She got one. But she won. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were, there were some folks that didn't have primaries. Uh, Glenn uh, Bailey was uh, not in the primary. Um, and I, I suppose he might be uh, safe in the, in the general. Now, let me ask you one more question, Mike. Um, I would assume that your neck is feeling much safer today because you probably won't be hung for treason now that uh, your nemesis is also lost. Can you speak about that a minute? Ah, uh, my nemesis, uh, uh, Bertie Deshay. Uh, I'm going to have to interject. I would not mention Deshays in the same sentence of the same league as Mike Sylvia. I agree. Any sense? <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Bertie was the one that was uh, leading the uh, the charge against uh, secession when the uh, House hearing was held and and on the uh, floor of the House. Uh, and he had actually uh, raised a bunch of money. In fact, that came from uh, union folks. Uh, for a pack called Common Sense Pack. So he got $40,000, which he distributed to uh, friends of his and the uh, uh, the folks that are against right to work. Um, and that uh, included some folks here in the county. So uh, he was spreading some money around, uh, but managed to, uh, to lose his, his own uh, race, which is uh, very good for uh, Liberty because uh, he is uh, in the model of uh, Sununu and... Uh, a young man that's uh, rather ambitious. I suppose uh, he will probably be back, but uh, for the moment, uh, we can be happy to be rid of him. Is there any part of that that could have been tied to that whole treason business? Or do you think it's totally unrelated, his loss? I think that is unrelated. I don't think there's any connection there. Um, but he ha- happened to get a very good uh, opponent uh, who was really highly supported. I forget uh, the first time I talked to her, you know, she had raised $6,000 to run a, a state rep race uh, without even asking for donations. So she, uh, for some reason, I think she was with the kind of the school movement for uh, parents' rights. Uh, and uh, she she got uh, she got folks inspired. So yeah, the Shays was drawing serious primary challengers who are very motivated to replace him well before the independence thing before Corona fascism, even he was the one who I believe it was him and maybe Joe Alexander, the two furthest left Republicans, pretty much rhinos who are 40, 50 percenters who were intent on totally repealing the abortion restriction that restricted late abortion. So he was uh, pro abortion, I think pro taxes, totally pro Democrat in every way, pro union, pretty much the average Democrat, like Sununu. Again, he's like Sununu's son. So he, he's pretty much the average Democrat, and he's looking to be the next um, Liz Cheney, kind of Murkowski, Mitt Romney, um, very much a Democrat. Uh, so, so I remember uh, Melissa Blasek and a lot of other conservatives saying they, they want him gone years, years ago. So he, and then the treason thing, Mike, I, I think that it's probably a factor. Saying he wants to remove people from the ballot undemocratically um, by filing a complaint for treason just for supporting the thought of independence – I think that that pissed off a lot of people, at least in my circles of liberty and independence, which is thousands of motivated liberty voters. A lot of them were upset at him for that, too. Right. And we had uh, one other factor was uh, a very um, competitive race for sheriff uh, on the Republican ticket. 
um, and one of the uh, candidates, the, the challenger, was uh, highly supported by uh, unions, which uh, happened to coincide with uh, a lot of the interests of the uh, citizens for Belknap. Uh, so it, it, there was a, a whole series of things that, that came together and uh, it wasn't tough, but uh, you mess it, mentioned uh, Melissa Blasick, who uh, actually survived her primary, no problem. Uh, Sununu had her on the target list also, um, right up there, not for um, not for the uh, secession thing, uh, but more for the um, impeachment and uh, the, the whole uh, rights um, of people not to be locked down and, and force injected and force masked and all of that stuff. So she was very vocal and uh, right up there on the target list. Of the 13 that voted with you, <clears throat> how did they fare? All 13, do you know? Um, I, I believe um, Matt Santanastasso uh, maybe may have lost his primary. Uh, Glenn Aldrich, uh, he lost his primary. He was also <coughs> here in Belknap County on the uh, on the target list for the uh, citizens for Belknap. Uh, so uh, those are probably the more significant ones. And at least have survived or? Yeah, um, Diane Kelly, uh, she got through her um, primary. Uh, she only voted for the uh, or voted not to kill the constitutional amendment, which is just as bad a sin, I guess, for those who uh, think that it's treason. But um, I haven't, you know, gone through all of the wreckage yet. So that's uh -huh. still going on. And we've got a Republican County meeting tonight, which ought to be interesting. I probably should ask Brody Deshays directly if he's gonna take a job at DOJ or just a position at Harvard teaching. Or CNN. Because <laughs> oh. when Democrats oh. fail, they get taken care of very well. When Republicans don't get elected. Somehow, I don't think Harvard's called you unless they're calling now while you're on with us. Hmm. Be well, yeah, I just uh, like to say I need to uh, bust out of here, but I, I certainly appreciate uh, all the work that uh, you're all are doing uh, to, to keep the topic open. Uh, clearly, it's... Um, it's we we are certainly pushing the Overton window on the subject um, to the to the point where you know it, it's taboo to talk about, but uh, we, we've got that uh, door cracked. So let's uh, keep pushing on it. And uh, you know, Marcus, obviously, you've been at it the, probably the longest of all of us here. So uh, appreciate all the work you've been doing for many years. I don't want to be like Biden plagiarize, but did you ever know that you're my hero? <laughs> thank you appreciate so much it. for coming on, Mike. Bye. Thank you and stay in touch. You're welcome back on the show anytime and stay in touch and we'll okay. come back anytime. We're not, we're not going anywhere. So, All right. I'll be around. Thanks, Thank you very Mike. much. Talk have a great soon. day. You know, the question I have, guys, is I thought I saw some article saying that uh, in New Hampshire, the government tried to get the legislators who were pushing for secession disbarred or removed and that failed. Is that is that right? Like they, there was an article on libertyblock.com, Marcus. Okay. Did you not read every article on libertyblock.com? Because the I CFO is going to dock your pay. I do my best. Uh, could we maybe talk about that? What I found interesting was they were saying secession, 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 treason, treason, treason. They tried to get some of these uh, legislatures in New Hampshire uh, disbarred or moved somehow. 
And then when they officially looked into it, they had to drop the whole thing because they didn't do anything that was uh, wrong or illegal. I thought that was a big win. So my understanding, and although I assume in your article you incorporated the Ed Maslish interpretation, they lost it 5 nothing, but on jurisdictional grounds. Now, what, what was the body they went to, Alan? The Ballot Law Commission, which includes, as non-voting members, the Attorney General and the Secretary of State. The Secretary of State was right there sitting on the panel. The Secretary of State um, and the, the Assistant Attorney General was there. And they all said, um, yeah, there's no crime, there's no treason, there was no violence. And without violence, there's no chance it's um, treason. But yeah, they, ultimately, they voted unanimously to dismiss the complaint. The complaint was to throw them off the ballot. They dismissed it, but they didn't say it's ridiculous to throw them off the ballot for secession. They said, we don't have jurisdiction. I think that was like the uh, Marbury Madison thing. We don't have jurisdiction, so we're not going to rule on this entire thing. We can't throw people off the ballot, uh, which is, they kind of do have jurisdiction. It was kind of a cop-out. Um, it was a cop-out because they knew they couldn't do it. Exactly. If they were going to, yeah, it was a cop out so they can't say it's totally cool to talk about secession. So this was somewhere. Yeah, the ballot law like, commission I would think, has jurisdiction over ballot law. Am I crazy for thinking that? So, no. So when we had this talk on my podcast, the Conservatarian Exchange on the Liberty Block, so Ed Maslish opined that he likes it better that they dismissed it on jurisdictional issues because they can never take it back. And no one can bring another complaint to them. See, you don't think any politician would ever be a hypocrite? Come on. You... I'm not saying they wouldn't be a hypocrite, but that one's a little trickier. A judge could. A judge could say, you know, one, one little piece of dust changed and I'm going to rule otherwise. A commission's a little tough, I think. What's the difference? I don't know. They can flip whatever they want to flip. They can you, know flip I'm not, you know I'm not a cynic like you are. It, yeah, especially if dictator Sununu tell, calls them and tells them to flip it. So anyway, I think, you know, for our purposes of hopefully representing the various groups around the country, I think the Mike Sylvia losing is big news, even though a large percentage of it was because of the unrelated scandal. Did you hear that Matt S. lost? No, he, he didn't really have a primary, so he's not listed. Max, his little brother, did not win. Oh, so Matt did stay. He didn't have a primary, I don't think. So right, think and Brody lost. I, to me, it's kind of a mixed bag. Very much a mixed bag. Uh -oh. Joshua Kella won. He voted yes on independence, and he got the attack mailer from Dictator Sununu, and he won. All right. So, yeah, definitely wasn't a rousing defeat for the CACR 32 crowd, but Mike stuck his neck out on uh, ethics and went up against a dictator. Unfortunately, not so much for our purposes here. Um, Sununu won his primary with 80% support. But that's for that's for well, Sununu's twin brother and Sununu's son both lost in pretty big upsets. Who did Chuck Morse? Chuck Morse was anointed to be the senator. Okay. As soon as Sununu decided not to run, he anointed Chuck Morse, who was the Senate president of New Hampshire, longest running ever in history of existence, I believe, Senate president, um, who did amazing, passed a great budget, cut taxes, all that, ran for U.S. Senate, and Balduck destroyed him because the resolve chose Balduck. Very interesting. Now, I, I remember you interviewed Don Bolduck, but I don't remember if in that I, interview, yeah. didn't you, did peaceful separation ever come up? I don't know. Did I interview him? I'm 99% sure you interviewed Don Bolduck. Yeah. Well, we'll be hearing uh, about it. Anyway, probably. what else is going on in the world of peaceful separation in California, Mr. Marcus? Uh, well, uh, yes, California is going to have a documentary uh, coming out by Awfully Nice Production. 
uh, sometime this month. That's what they said. Been working with them for about five months. It's part of a series documentary on division in America. Uh, we're only part of it, but they seem to double down on our part. Uh, initially, yes, California is going to come out with the 10 years of Cal Exit documentary, working on that on our own. We had been working with a documentarian going back to 2016 with hundreds of hours of footage, original footage never before seen by the media. And we're working on putting that together. Also, we have our courses up online so that you can become certified in secession. We're the only group doing that. It's available at calexit.podia. Uh, mostly what we're trying to do at this moment is get ready for midterms. Midterms are coming. Uh, we still expect a Republican landslide and we still expect Californians to freak out. Uh, You're so talking about the state legislature. Federal midterms in November. You're talking about the federal midterms. Federal midterms. Okay. What, how, what about, I'm kind of more interested in the state legislature because that's heavily Democrat today, isn't it? Yes. And that's not going to change, I don't think. Never. That, that will never change. So for your purposes as a movement within the state, that part's not going to change. No, and we, we, that's kind of good because basically we want to replay what happened in 2016. So Trump, Trump got elected uh, and everybody freaked out because it was primarily a Democratic legislature uh, and the Democratic Party was against Trump. They were allowed to say all sorts of really strong language um, about how they're going to resist him and defy him and, uh, you know, go independent. Uh, there's some evidence that the Democratic Party itself likes that. They gamed out a 2020 election before the election. And this was in the news. And they were talking about how, it, you know, if they lost it, it ends up with California seceding. So the Democratic Party did that in their own national gaming out of the 2020 election. And they tolerated a lot of talk of uh, resistance and nullification against Trump for four years. So we think that they'll back it. Uh, we think that maybe Trump derangement syndrome is kind of a real thing, whether you like that idea or not. We think people are going to lose it. And they're massively going to be like, say whatever you want against Trump, burn down the whole house, because that's how liberals are. I'm a liberal, but that's how they are. And so we expect Republicans are going to win in midterms. People are going to freak out. It's the party of Trump that's been thoroughly declared. Californians will view this as Trump coming back and an existential threat to them, and they'll freak out again. This time, it'll be much better for CalExit because you won't be able to say, oh, Americans didn't do that. No, 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 no. A foreign government voted for them. No one's going to buy that this time. You were able to pull that 2016 turned out to be completely false. Uh, there is zero evidence of a foreign government switching electronic votes for the 2016 thing. Every national security agency said that. Sorry, Alan. So what you're saying is that AUPS and CalExit should have a great press release ready to go the day after the election in November, saying that the United States federal government is now in Republican hands. And if you want a progressive agenda, California should be independent. This is me waving and bowing. My question, Marcus, is first of all, how big is your legislature? Oh, God. Uh, two to 300 people. Okay, you're going to Google and come up with a better answer than that, I hope, at some point. Um, and is there anyone in the legislature even leaning 
towards doing what a Kyle Biederman did in Texas or Mike Sylvie did in New Hampshire, putting anything into even a committee, a proposal? Um, oh, it's 120. Sorry, I was way off. That's like Texas. Yeah, it's 120. Uh, no, not at the minute, but the moment that um, Trump gets into office or Republicans win, yes. So when Biden was here, all the language cooled off in California. But when Trump was here, you had like four or five different California legislators saying things like, we don't care what the federal government does. We'll do whatever we want. We'll just ignore federal laws. Who cares what the feds say? And nobody cared if they said that. Nobody criticized them. You had multiple California legislators saying that. So when the tide turns, I expect a lot of California politicians to suddenly come back out and say, I'm all about this. At the moment, Biden's in charge. And Biden's been doing a pretty good job of keeping everybody in line. But when midterms happen, people are going to freak out. And Californians freak out. And they don't care what anybody told them to do. They just freak out. And so that will hold in November, we feel. So how does CalExit put itself in the position that after the election in November, when people are freaking out, they dial CalExit rather than some other organization and say, hey, we need your support. We're on your side right now. Uh, by being the largest game in town, by being definitively the largest game in town. So being the great blue whale uh, in the ocean and go, yeah, there's, um, you know, there's a tuna fish. You could join them too, or you could join the, uh, the great big blue whale. It's not even a comparison. That's our plan. Okay. But you don't have any specific relationships when in the legislature. No, and they will not talk to us at this time because it's not politically expedient. But are there any candidates that are endorsing or helping? I'm sorry. There must be some state assembly candidates, at least, that you're endorsing or helping or in touch with. Uh, no. Now, California, so, because it has the referendum, sometimes goes that route rather than influencing the legislature. Correct. Well, we always have the ability to file a public referendum where if you get like 600,000 signatures from voters, it can go directly up to a vote of the people. You can totally skip the California legislature and it doesn't matter what they say or the governor says. We've always had that. I think two or three states have that. And that's a lot of hard work. I've done a bit of petitioning. It's a lot of hard work. But what's great about that is that it, it's a double, um, doubly effective because when you're petitioning, not only are your people getting active, but they're talking to people. They're knocking on random doors. And it gets the exposure out there so it's like we're knocking so if you get 600,000 petitions it's a lot but by the time you get there you have spoken to 20 million Californians and if half of them or two-thirds of them support it, which I think they might you're already there so you do that and if you do that you're already there and you'll win the vote when it gets on the ballot so I do like that as an idea as well they're both good strategies but passing something in Sacramento is, is going to be like really hard with the establishment guys like it is here um, if we can do it by petition I would do that in a heartbeat in New Hampshire so that might be the better route to go uh, petitions are very popular. Um, it's not widely available. For example, in Texas, they couldn't do it because they don't—they're not legally allowed. That's why they went with the Biederman thing. So yeah, like most states don't really have that petition referenda just by getting in petitions. Yeah, it's, it's like two or three states, but because California has it, means that it's legal for other states to change their state laws to allow it. California. Well, the Constitution probably. We'd have to amend our Constitution to allow that probably. Sure. I'm just saying that it's possible at the state level. 
to give yourselves this key step to claim independence on the international scale. Referendums are also being recognized as the key thing that you need to gain international recognition. So Scotland did a referendum. Scotland's going to the Supreme Court for a referendum. Uh, England said, well, what if we disapprove of your referendum? And Scotland said, fine, we'll go to the International European Court. Uh, we saw the same thing with the Catalonians. Their government brutally repressed them, just like China did to the Hong Kong people, literally equivalent uh, for human terror. And they're still pushing for a referendum, even though their government said it's illegal and they want to go to the international world because they recognize that once you have a referendum, uh, you're in basically by international legal precedent. If you have some sort of fair vote and it shows like, I mean, Brexit passed with a 52% vote. It wasn't even 60%. It was like 2% over half and they go done. And that's international legal precedent now. So a lot of people are still putting this. I Barbados just announced this week, um, it's a British island, that they too are going to start looking into a referendum because they see the point of that. So referendums are the way to go. If you can do yeah, but here for that to happen, we'd have to change the constitution. Right now, as it stands, the only way to change the constitution in Hampshire is three-fifths of the legislature and then putting on the ballot. But is that, is that another interesting approach? Ask legislators to propose a constitutional amendment to CACR to allow for um, referenda on people that are initiated by petition only instead of being initiated in the legislature. That Simply that. Allow for a constitutional amendment to be put on the ballot by petition, not legislature. That's a very interesting idea. Thank you. I'm, I'm going to run that by some legislators. The problem well, is that most of the people, or most, a lot of people mm -hmm. on the right think that's part of the California insanity. And because California does it, they won't do it. It's democracy. Everyone loves democracy. Well, you know, just like California is revolted by some of what the right does, so the right is revolted by some of what California does. And just because California does it is enough reason not to. But but again, but, but here it's hard to oppose. I gotta push back. Saying you don't want things to even get onto the ballot by petition, even knowing that being on the ballot means you still need two-thirds of the whole state to vote for it. What are you afraid of? If you're afraid that two-thirds of your state is repugnant to you, leave the state. Yeah, but you'll, you'll all of a sudden you're gonna hear the politicians going about, we just discovered we're not a democracy, we're a republic. Yep. I, well, I mean, I'm not there in New Hampshire, but I would say I hear a lot about how it's the free state and libertarians have been encouraged to move to that state for the last 10 years. And it's part of some free state libertarian project. And you have a bunch of people there. So my question is, you got thousands of people saying we're about liberty and freedom. And that's why I moved here. OK, well, we want to give you more liberty and freedom by allowing you to have a vote that goes directly. No, we don't want that liberty and freedom, even though we've been making this a state level project for the last 15 years. I, 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 this might be the way around secession. Go look, I didn't say secession. I just said, don't you have the right to have a public plebiscite? I mean, New Hampshire is the most pro-independence congregated state out of all 50. If you guys can't pull it off there, Jesus, I don't think anyone can. We can. It's only a matter of time. Again, the DC empire is collapsing, and also we're working towards independence. Progressives are leaving the state. Libertarians are moving in by around 1,000 per year, and it's a small, small state, and they're moving in and having families um, and, and you know, convincing others, influencing their neighbors. So we're winning so fast and on so many ways. I published an article on Liberty Block explaining the many different ways we're winning and you know the methods and tactics, what we're using. It's all pretty public, you know. Marcus, I want to ask you, I know you've been pretty um, outspoken 
against the Mar-a-Lago raid against Trump, et cetera, et cetera. Are these um, further arrests and subpoenas, are that, is that resonating with other people in California saying the feds are going too far? I, I saw an article, I haven't read it yet, about how Americans feel that maybe the raids went too far or it's not clear. I remember Andrew Yang came out and he's a liberal saying that the optics are bad. Um, right now in California, from my impression, is people feel justice is being done and that guy's getting what he deserves. Again, they're crazy. That's why I want to divorce them. They're crazy. You know, they, they uh, subpoenaed or arrested, I forget which one, or took the phone to Boris Epstein, who's like Trump's lawyer. And the question is, you know, will there be a point where the people who don't agree with you say, wait a minute, this is going too far, or will they just dig in further? And do you have any way of knowing that? Uh, California hates Trump. Trump derangement syndrome is alive and well. Uh, here in CalExit, we're counting on that for midterms. So instead of fighting it, we were like, look, this is the way this place is. We're just going to say, get ready for midterms, and you're going to go into the nutty, bland place. I mean, I love California, and I am a Californian, but I also have two eyeballs. Sometimes we do some nutty stuff, and it's who we are, you know, right or wrong, good or bad. Like when your family has some habits you're not happy about, but you still love your dad and your sister. Um we, this is Trump derangement syndrome land. That's never going to go away. So they feel justice is being done. I did a show here, National Divorce, and I'm a liberal, and in California, where I pointed out uh, it's not fair. You know, when you look at what happened to Clinton, when you look at what happened to uh, Bill, Hillary Clinton got off. Bill Clinton had an aide who took secrets home. Uh, Johnson took secrets home. Every president does that. Yep. Um, these are like public cases. Like, yeah, everybody president does, but these are like well-documented cases where this happened. And I think the worst thing that happened was the guy that worked for Clinton who, who took national security documents home. And even though he was told not to, Sandy he got Berger. weeks in jail. Yeah. Sandy Berger. He got like three months in jail, maybe two weeks in jail. And that was it. Wasn't even president. Wasn't even cleared definitely national security secrets. And the thing that scares me or bothers me is that you'll see none of this brought up anywhere. So in the press that talks about Trump is getting what he deserves and this is justice coming on down, there will be no mention of Clinton, no mention of Sandy Berger, no mention of Johnson, not mentioned at all, which, which tells me the media knows it's too damn close and that's why they're not printing it. Did you uh, get pushback from when you did that episode unbashing Trump? Um, I, I didn't get pushback because a lot of people in the movement know that even if they don't like what I'm saying, it's logically based and it's hard to argue with me. But I only got support from conservatives here in California and across America who really liked that episode and thought it was great that at least one liberal was acknowledging uh, the truth, which, you know, and I, and I kept saying, look, I hate Trump. I think he's racist. But when James Comey comes on TV and says, we told Hillary Clinton not to do that. We told her it was reckless. We think state secrets were lost, but she told us in her heart that it was just an accident and we believe her. So we're going to let it go because there's no intent. How do we know there's no intent? Because she told us. 
So that's cool. And then he ends his speech with the phrase, just because we're letting Clinton off, no other citizen should feel that in a similar circumstance, they would not be prosecuted. I mean, just think about what that says that the FBI director says, blah, 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 blah. But no one else should assume that in similar circumstances, you wouldn't be, you're giving them a free get out of jail card. You literally said it on TV. They will not air the James Comey speech on Hillary Clinton, period, anywhere in the coverage of Trump and Mar-a-Lago. And when I, the, the, and again, I'm a liberal, I think Trump's a racist, blah, 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 but got two eyeballs. And I, when was it, Lindsey Graham came out and said, um, there's going to be riots in the streets. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I saw the liberals take on that and they go, so Lindsey Graham says, given the Clinton thing, there's going to be uh, riots in the streets. Well, he's trying to intimidate the justice system, right? What, what I captured, though, was not one of the liberal news agencies who covered that Lindsey Graham said that, then went into detail of, well, what does he mean given the Clinton debacle? They just, they said his speech and they went right to, um, he said riots in the streets, he's a bad man, he's trying to intimidate people. They go, well, what does the phrase the Clinton debacle mean? How come you guys can't explain that or try to cover what he's explaining? Zero explanation or coverage, they just skipped right past that to bad man. So. I have a lot of experience in this, being that I was accused of being a Russian spy based upon lies. And even after we were cleared by four different, three federal, one state investigation, they continued to print that. And so I began to become somewhat experienced in how media BS operates. And I got to tell you, the way that they uh, talk about CalExit, where they don't print the facts and they print headlines that are disproven and they make sure that we don't cover current information. It's exactly how they're covering Trump with Mar-a-Lago. Yeah, you know, at some point, will you guys get worried about being raided for being insurrectionists just for talking about peaceful separation, national divorce? We just were accused again of being um, Russian spies in the newspaper last month uh, because uh, an ex-member uh, was mentioned in a federal indictment. So um, we got a lot of pounding because of that. Um, so yeah, it's already there, but that was already last month. We basically but, but fought you're not being you're not being raided by SWAT teams and they haven't stopped you in an airport to take your phone yet. I mean, I still have my phone. I'm still here. No one's reported that I was raided. There's no pictures of a SWAT team at my house. So um, if I was raided, I'm, I'm not aware of it. Uh, besides when they do that stuff, they like to blow it up, right? Like we got this guy, you know, he's good. There's try to find something in the newspaper about me. Um, you won't, you won't find it. So, and that was, that was a federal indictment, you know, by the justice department. That was big time. I mean, I got phone calls about that, but, uh, we're still here. I haven't done anything wrong. I mean, people say we do things wrong. But we don't. So we're still here. I mean, I, you know, we had multiple newspaper headlines going, we received money and direction directly from the Kremlin. I got the Council on Foreign Affairs to back down on misprinting. Now, if you go down conspiracy lane, people know what that is. I got the CFR to back down and three other newspapers to back down about printing lies about us. Um, so that's where we're at. I'm done. Thank you guys.
Yeah, I think that the one thing I want to reiterate is the purpose of our meeting is to strengthen each other's movements, whether it's Mike Sylvia's, Carl Biederman's, et cetera, et cetera, and that the three-legged triangle of liberals, conservatives, and libertarians is going to be much harder to topple over. So that's why we're here, and that's why we're going to keep meeting and being friends so that we can part peacefully. We want to show everybody that everybody here is reasonable. That's all this is about. We invite anyone onto the show to discuss or debate anything with us. Okay. Have a great afternoon. I think it's already afternoon, even by Marcus. And yeah. We will be back on with another episode soon. Thank you very much.